A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once, it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Now is the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. Here at Total Wine and More, you'll find what you love and love what you find, especially our totally low prices. My friends and I are hanging out this weekend, and I'm on cooler duty. These seltzers and sparkling wines are the coolest. They'll make you the king of the cooler. Oh, that sounds good. Wow, I can fill my cooler without emptying my wallet? Find what you love, love what you find. Only at Total Wine & More. With the lowest prices in the DMV. Drink responsibly, B21. Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Welcome this week's spiritual with me, Karen Kaplan, your host, and my co-host, Lee Chapin. Hi, Lee. How are you today? I'm good. I'm looking forward to this, this spirit talk. <laughs> yes. So um, I'm an author of the book called Conjoined, A Holocaust Haunting. And um, in my book, I touch upon the subject of past lives. And today we are going to talk about past lives, past life regression, past life therapy. We're going to talk about Akashic Records, um, soul contracts, soul karmic agreements. There's a lot to talk about regarding past lives. And the best person to give us all this inspiration and teach us all about is you, Lee. You are a uh, phenomenal spiritual teacher therapist, licensed therapist, and I'm just so glad that we are on today to talk about this subject. Um, before we do that, I wanted to say that in my book, I share a story about how I began my spiritual journey, and it it's really started when my brother had shockingly passed away at the age of 35 in 1991, 
And I started to wonder, what is my purpose? Why did my brother die? What was his purpose on earth? Um, my father was a Holocaust survivor and he suffered and went through the Holocaust and ran three and a half years in the forest and five years in a, as a refugee in a displaced persons camp and made his way to the States with, with a, not even a penny to his name and came here, had a family, my mother with, and I have two older brothers and raised us and, and then his oldest son dies. And, uh, and I started to wonder, why is our family suffering so much? Why did my father have to suffer? What, you know, life with my father was extremely difficult. And it just seemed like my whole life, there was always some trauma and suffering. And my mother was devastated. Both parents were devastated after the loss of my brother. And it was, and I couldn't really start my spiritual journey at that time. I was raising three young kids. And then when my mother died in 1997, my, I was distraught and my kids were a bit older. They were in school already. And then I started to delve into the spiritual world, trying to find out what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why have, I've suffered so much or so much trauma in my life. And um, so I, I went to my rabbi who was unable to answer my questions. And I started reading tons of books. And the first book that I read was um, being Jewish. It's called Jewish Views of the Afterlife. And the author writes, I'm going to read a, a, a quick paragraph, a paragraph of what the author had wrote. Um, Simcha Paul Raphael writes this. 50 years after Auschwitz, it's time to resurrect the ancient Jewish tradition on the afterlife journey of the soul and to make those teachings available in a language and a style appropriate for contemporary Jewish life. He then adds, by now there is a need to develop a Jewish book of the dead, a more appropriately a Jewish book of life that will be a manual for all generations. We need to bring to life Jewish wisdom on the mysteries of death and the immortal soul. So the next generation of Jewish life will be lived with greater fullness and with a profound sense of spiritual significance of life and death. So this was a great start for me to learn more about the soul, the reincarnation according to Jewish views but then I started to read tons of books on secular spirituality. And one of my very first books that really influenced me was a book called Many Lives, Many Masters by Dr. Brian Weiss, who is a uh, medical doctor, graduate of Yale University, who um, he's a psychiatrist. And while well, he was working one day with his patient who had anxiety and these recurrent nightmares, she started to channel, she started to share about past lives, which she had, and he was extremely skeptical. Then she shared some information about his personal life and the doctor's son who had passed away. And so he actually became a believer and his whole life changed. He did past life regression therapy with her, which helped her 
um, overcome. So um, she didn't have these nightmares anymore and her anxiety had lessened. And so these, the, this book was really one of my first books that started to make me question really about life, life after death, and about our past lives. So today we're going to talk about past lives. And my quest, first question to you, Lee, is how does knowing about our past lives help us understand our current life challenges? Thank you for having me on. This is one of my favorite topics because I'm a psychotherapist and also a spiritual counselor and do channeled work. This is right up my alley. I, When I worked in traditional mental health, I, as I've spoken before on this show, I had a realization that there was a better way of helping people than what I was doing as a traditional therapist. So when I discovered the ability that I was clairaudient and I was able to make communication with spirit and have access to information that perhaps I wouldn't have any access to as a traditional therapist. And I began to understand that past lives and the energy of what has been brought forth into our field now, into our lifetime now, really has a great influence on us. And so I always believed in past lives in some form or fashion because I believed in reincarnation. I knew at a young age that I believed in reincarnation even before I started studying and becoming a metaphysical student. It just seemed it just seemed natural to me for some reason. But past life therapy is significant and it helps us to understand aspects of our lives that we're struggling with that we perhaps may not have any uh, concrete way or any scientific proof to say, oh, well, this, this is what's affecting me. So as we tap into what we call the Akashic Records, which I'm going to give a definition of that here from this book, the Akashic Records refers to the concept that every thought Emotion and action in the universe has an electrical magnetic energy or vibration that exists forever. The Akashic Records are a record of our personal, planetary, and universal history. So the Akashic Records are like a big computer that knows all about you, that holds everything that you've ever thought, experienced into this vast um, consciousness of, of energy. I'm able to tap into the Akashic Records through my channeling, I go into a what I call somewhat of an altered state where I'm able to tap into the Akashic Records and then have access to that information about one's soul and what aspects of the soul are affecting one's lifetime now. When I work with it, I don't bring forth information just for the fun of it. I do it as a therapist. And so therefore, we access the lifetimes that are affecting you at this current time. Is is the last lifetime that we had on earth is that the most influential in terms of our current lifetime or is it a there are multiple lives or and how many lives have we all had past lives and these are i'm sure a lot of questions some of our listeners are thinking about in my experience, the last lifetime isn't the most pertinent lifetime when we tap into a person's uh, Akashic records for a current problem. It can go back to um, ancient time. It can go back to pre-recorded time. Uh, I oftentimes will get a date in history or I'll get a location. Uh, yesterday, I was working uh, with a group that I do an intuitive development class with, and I was working with past lives, giving information about past lives to them. Um, 
one came from a time in South America. I don't know when that was that affected her in this incarnation and that information made sense to her. Uh, and another one was when someone lived during the potato famine in Ireland. Uh, another past life, but the person was, which was interesting, called past life, but it was actually, we moved her into the future, into a future life, which is quite interesting, where we spoke about uh, what was affecting her currently, which was a little bit odd because I usually don't do that. But because this person is experiencing complacency, that when she moved into a future life, it was like she, in some ways that she had been stagnant here and really hadn't fulfilled her uh, soul agreement completely or a soul contract because of her complacency. So I really never know what's going to happen. So it isn't always pertinent to the last life that time that you have uh, in terms of how many lifetimes people have um, that really depends. There's no set, set limit. People can live hundreds and hundreds of lifetimes. Some people are new souls and have maybe just come in, you know, just for a few times. So it really depends on what the soul um, wants to accomplish here on the earth plane. So for example, the person who had a past life during the potato famine, famine in Ireland, um, was, how did that affect his life today? And how is he working through it? Well, it was a lady and um, this person is um, extremely sensitive feels very responsible for other people and is an empath and takes on other people's emotions and also takes on other people's uh, level of responsibility. So because she's so sensitive and an empath, she feels responsible for fixing other people or helping other people. And so in this particular lifetime, uh, that she was a potato farmer. And so during that famine, she was responsible for feeding her family, her community, and those that she served uh, as a farmer uh, in her uh small village and so she felt responsible even though she wasn't she was she didn't cause the famine she felt responsible because there was this great sense of responsibility that you know i'm helping provide the food supply and so when she died then that emotion was still uh, in the cellular memory of her consciousness and so when she's come back now how many hundreds of years later that imprint or that energy that has not been resolved or healed still affects her in her current life because she uh, tends to take responsibility for her family. Uh, it causes her great anxiety. I see. So what, so knowing that she, that was how she felt or thought back then, how has that impacted her now? Is she, does she understand this and understand where these thoughts are coming from and how is she able to recuperate or heal from? Well, this just happened yesterday, but she said it made sense. And so when I brought the information forth, she resonated with it. She affirmed it. It made sense to her. And a, a funny thing was she said just a couple of days ago, she was talking to her son about the potato famine in Ireland. Oh, is that interesting? Is that That's what I said. Isn't that interesting? Just a couple of days ago, this topic was highly unusual come up between her and her son. So I had to laugh because I said, um, I teach an intuitive development class with a small group of ladies uh, twice a month. And my spirit must have known what I was going to be doing before I did it because 
uh, I decided I was going to teach past lives. And then two days prior, she's talking about the potato famine. So on some level, uh, my higher self, her higher self, that energy of our spirit somehow was up there in the astral realms because we both were like, oh, isn't this interesting that this random conversation between you and your son and then I bring up that you were in the potato famine. So it's, it's so interesting how our spirit and the energy of our consciousness uh, is just present. It's just everything is omnipotent. I remember when you came to my home and we had a group of people and the talk was on uh, past lives and you went around the room and you briefly shared a past life um, that had influenced us in this lifetime. And you started out with my son, Max, who of course, very skeptical. And he sat there and you asked if you could read him. And he said, yes. And you said to him, um, it's time to let go of the fear. You're hiding, you're um, in the Holocaust and you're part of a Jewish family and you were running and you were hiding. And you said to my son, it's time now that you do not need to live in fear. You don't need to hide anymore or run and you are safe in this lifetime. And then he looks at you and says, last night I had this recurring dream of me running and hiding. And he was, his mouth was open and he couldn't believe what you had said. So there was, he resonated with what you had said. So um, about six months later, I was in um, Poland in um, Warsaw and um, I had, my daughter was with me and Max came, came to meet, um, meet up with us in Warsaw. And then we were going to go to my father's village in Northeastern Poland. And Max started to um, unzip his luggage and he showed me his new shoes, gym shoes. He goes, mom, look at these shoes. I can run really fast in these if I need to. And then I remembered what you had said. And I said, Max, there's nothing to fear about here in Poland. There's nothing to fear in your life. You don't need to run or hide. And it was just so interesting because he's was still thinking that way and it just it just it's just amazing how many of our thoughts are really an influence of our past lives so but i would share that uh story i'm not sure if you had remembered that well i vaguely remember it but as you talk about that i want to talk about cellular memory because that's what he was having cellular memory okay the definition, the definition of cellular memory the imprint of emotional experiences, physical trauma, and memories from this or past lives stored in the cells of the physical body. These memories can be triggered or released spontaneously or deliberately through various healing modalities. So Max was having a cellular memory, which is continuing to cause him to have fear and anxiety. Yeah, it's so interesting. It is interesting. It's it's uh, it's fascinating. I know that for whatever reason, when I open up a book and and see masks, mostly masks of South America, those 
masks where the the I you know with the different colors and they're scary looking mm-hmm. and I start to get very nervous and anxious. Uh-huh. I, re- I I would if I'd be in the library or in the bookstore and open up a book and I see masks, I would really start to shake. I remember going to my doctor's office and um, they they had to withdraw blood and they put me in another room and the nurse was coming in. And in this room, the, there were all these masks on the wall from all over the world. And then the nurse was gonna, said, lay down and I'm looking at these masks and she was going to draw blood for me. I said, I'm sorry, you cannot draw blood for me in this room. We need to go somewhere else. I don't like these masks. I'm getting freaked out. And so we went to another room. But for some reason, it's the strangest thing. These masks um, just give me anxiety. Mm-hmm. So I, I am. I bet you there's something connected with a past life, whether it's in Africa or South America. But I just... My my skin just crawls when I see them. So, but so there are people who have these strange phobias that they may not understand why, or a phobia of a fear of water. They don't want to, go, or a fear of going into an airplane. And if they didn't have any childhood connection or traumatized by going on an airplane or water. I am guessing it might be from a past life. That's probably a pretty good guess, Karen. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But these are just like little hints about um, how our past lives, how we can remember um, what our past lives might be. There are other things that people might have this um, affinity toward um, cultures a culture that they didn't grow up in, but they're they're just connected to a certain culture. And um, I know that I was raised on Eastern European and Jewish food. And every once in a while, I would eat some Mediterranean food. But I love Mediterranean food. I could eat hummus and tahina and falafel and eggplant dishes every day. And um, and also in my home, I have a lot of pictures of, of um, looks, it looks more like Arabic architecture and the homes are of the shapes of, had I been living in some Arab country and I just have this affinity toward that. And I, I bet you that was another past life of mine. And I kid around with my husband because Bobby loves peas. He can eat peas with anything. And he likes pot pie. (laughs) And And he has his finger thing. He has his finger thing. So when he'll drink, he'll put his pinky finger out like what the (laughs) British elite did. And and he's this Jewish kid coming from, you know, an average you know, home in, in, in West Rogers Park. And he and he has this custom of when he meets someone, he shakes their hand and he nods his head. And by the way, he loves top hats. And I finally said to him, Bobby, you know what? There's, uh, you were probably an English gentleman of past life. And he also, 
when we walk together, he holds his arm up like this and I have to insert my arm in and we walk down the street yeah. like this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing I told him and he, by the way, he loves England. So um, he was definitely an English gentleman in a past life. So uh, I bet you if our listeners can look at themselves and see what maybe they have passions for or maybe they're drawn or to certain cultures, I am guessing that they have a connection with that to a past life. And people go to, yes, yeah, certain certain countries when they feel like they've been there before. It feels like it's home to them. They have a familiarity. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. I have some friends who tell me when they moved to Scottsdale, Arizona, they, they feel so connected to the culture of the American Indians, the um, life out in, in the desert, and, and they just feel like they're at home. That's how I felt when I moved to Sarasota, Florida. That, oh, that you've been to there before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that part of the world in Florida, I was drawn there in 1983 to keep going back. And so that I call it my adopted home, but I feel it's part, more than likely has to do with my Atlantean lifetime and all the energy there in that region from Atlantis. And I'm wondering, there are people who have these strong passions, like they're so into the Civil War and then they go to these Civil War reenactments and they get dressed up as if they were a soldier and they <laughs> study the history. And I'm thinking, gosh, you know, it wasn't part of their childhood, but they're so passionate about this that they probably lived during that time period. Yeah, they actually do a Civil War reenactment here in Galesburg in August every year out of the lake. It's so funny. You're right. People dress up in it and they actually... There's a gal that I know at the coffee shop, and she made her own dress, her Civil War um, regalia, and um, she just looks the part. You know, she's just cute as can be, but she just looks the part. Wow. Wow. So, um, so now that we talked about um, a little bit about our past lives and the um, how it's important to... Um, kind of understand and learn about how our past lives have affected us in this life. You said that you you could tap into our Akashic records and we each have one, correct? Every person has this library of information about themselves and that you can tap into that and you can read where we have been in a past life. But how like, well, how do you access that? And and are all um, spiritual teachers or channels, are they able to access that? Well, I don't know if all can, but I'm able to. I work with the uh, Ascended Masters, and I oftentimes will work with Archangel Michael, who will be the overseer to uh, protect me or to help me to enter into the Akashic Records, because he's one of my... he's part of my spiritual team. But what I do is I start with a prayer. I ask permission to enter into the Akashic records. And there's beings called the Lords of Karma who guard the Akashic records. So I ask permission to go in to the Akashic records of, say, your records, ask permission of your soul, ask permission of the Lords of Karma. 
And then as I do when I normally channel, I'm able to alter my consciousness to a certain level and I'm able to access that information. It's if I'm raising my frequency and being able to somehow raise my consciousness to be able to access that information. So there's a definition of altered state, which is what I go into. I go into what I call an altered state. I'm still conscious. I'm not a trance channel, but I'm a conscious channel. Altered state meaning any state of consciousness other than ordinary waking consciousness. These states are accessed through the right brain and link us to other dimensions and realities. And the process of channeling, the process whereby a person allows his or her consciousness and or her body to become a conduit or a channel for receiving messages from beings from other dimensions. These beings can include angels, archangels, personal guides, masters, extraterrestrials, or deceased humans. So what happens is I am able to raise my consciousness through channeling in an altered state and able to access that information from the Akashic record to access your soul. I don't know the intricate details of how that happens, but to me, it's like I'm just simply just raising my frequency and somehow my vibration is is allowed to go in into that frequency. I'm sure that I've done this in other past lives because um, this ability happened or came upon me 29 years ago, March 21st, 1993. And I'm sure that I've done this in many lifetimes because I wasn't pursuing this and I had no way of knowing that I could do this until I just spontaneously began to channel my first spirit guide named Grand back in 1993. And so this was a gift that, uh, again, that was, I call it downloaded through me, that when I was ready to begin to receive it, then I was had access to this ability. So I'm guessing the Akashic Records are kind of like our own personal diary. That's, um, and then if I come to see you and I'd want you to tell me about my past life, am I, do I have to give you permission to open up the Akashic records or like, you can't just go and open up someone's personal information, can you, or do you need permission? Well, I always ask permission. Simply if someone's coming to me for a reading, I'll ask the permission to do that. And then again, as I say, I ask the permission of the Lords of Karma. Uh, but like any other uh, type of past life therapy, uh, you want the permission of the person to, to, for you to be granted to be able to help them, to be able to access their soul or to uh, access their energy field. Some people who may not necessarily be reading Kashic records, but other psychics or mediums oftentimes will get extraneous information about people, say they're standing in the grocery line or or at the gas station, and they'll give them a message of some sort. Um, I'm really cautious about that because number one, I think that violates someone else's energy field, uh, each to their own, but I only work in this capacity when someone asks me to help assist them. Did you know your daily routine could be the key to your next vacation getaway? NerdWallet helps you compare travel and cashback cards to turn your everyday purchases into your next unforgettable getaway experience. Traveling doesn't have to be expensive, and daily expenses don't have to get in the way of your next escape. Imagine purchasing food and earning points towards a free hotel room, or earning points toward a flight by simply buying gas. Regardless of your financial situation, the NerdWallet team will help you make sense of your options 
options at nerdwallet.com. Get expert information from an award-winning team of nerds to make even the most complicated money questions and topics easy to understand. NerdWallet's dedicated team will offer the tips you need to get that vacation you've been waiting for without breaking the bank. NerdWallet offers everything you need to make sound financial decisions while costing you absolutely nothing. Find the smartest financial products for you on nerdwallet.com or in app stores by downloading the NerdWallet app. Um, all right, so I, I get the whole idea of, of the Akashic Records. You mentioned soul contracts and soul karmic or soul karmic agreements. Mm-hmm. Um, so how does this play into past lives or the past life therapy work that you might do? We all have a soul. We all have come in to this incarnation with what we call a soul contract. I'm going to read you a definition of what we call a, a, a karmic agreement. A karmic agreement means agreements between souls that underline the experiences and dramas between ego personalities, also called soul contracts or sacred contracts. So we all come in with a soul contract. We have, we have pre-destiny soul contracts. Before we were born, we had made an agreement with our soul of where we're going to come in to the earth. If we're going to come into the United States, if we're going to uh, come into South America, wherever we're going to come into, we come into the agreements of the souls that are our parents, our siblings, uh, our future mates, uh, the potential for uh, our career pathway and the destiny in which we are to fulfill, to help assist because we're all here on a quote soul mission to serve and to be served. So we're here to, to be of service to humanity in some capacity. So we have a soul contract. So for example, I probably told you this before, but probably never on the, the show. But when my little niece was around three years old, I'd been in Florida and had come back and my husband and I were babysitting the kids and we were gonna take them out to eat. And as we were getting ready to leave, Little Cheyenne walks into the kitchen, walks past me, and she says, before I was born, she says, I was going to come into your belly, but I decided to come in my mom's instead. And off she trotted out into the living room, and I was totally shocked. Even though I understood and believed these things, I just was not expecting Cheyenne to tell me this. And I hollered at, you know, my husband at the time and said, Don, I guess, you know, can't believe what Cheyenne just said. She didn't remember it. And to this day, I'm sure she doesn't remember it because I remember I brought it up to when she was about nine. And of course, I should never brought it up to her because she's like, I didn't say that. But she clearly said that. So her her soul was still clear enough in her remembrance of who she was that she wanted for some reason she wanted to share this with me that I was going to she was going to come in as my child. I remember before she was born, I had a sense that I might have a child. Even though I was single and I didn't have a husband, I thought, uh, well, that's probably not going to be a good idea. But I had a vague sense that there was some spirit that might come to me as a child. And so I think that was Cheyenne because uh, once she was born and she came to my sister, I really didn't have that feeling again. I've never, I'm never, I married late. I didn't get married till I was 50. And so um, I never really had the urge to have children. So that feeling of, of having a child around me uh, was quite unusual. And then when Cheyenne 
told me that that day. So that's a part of a soul agreement or a soul contract. She knew what she was planning on doing before she came. So I had to laugh because um, I always say, well, you know, what is I chopped liver? You know, wasn't good enough for you. You went to my sister. But if she stayed with me, we probably wouldn't have had a regular father. Uh, she wouldn't have had a normal life because, you know, I've been single most of my life and self-employed and I'm into physics. And so we might have had, a, she would have had a completely different life. She's now with a loving family. She's got brothers and sisters. She's got this real close knit family. And so I'm sure that was a better deal for her. <laughs> close with her? Am I? Are you close with her? Uh, yeah, to some degree. Yeah. She's, I mean, I don't see her that much. Uh, they live you know, a couple of hours away and I'm in Florida, you know, have been in Florida most of her life. So to some degree, yes. I mean, um, uh, I feel, I feel connected to her, but you know, she's a young girl, she's 26. So, you know, she's had her own life, but um, it just, it, I, I just never forget that day. It was just, it just blew my mind when she said that to me. So we all have, so we think that, you know, when I think about my life and I actually, my soul, before I came here, my soul said, Karen, you're going to be a daughter of a Holocaust survivor. Your father will have been traumatized and, and um, you have a severe form of PTSD. You will be raised uh, in a home with, a, my mother was loving, but my father was abusive. I set this up before I came. Yes, we all do. We all set up the circumstances because our soul has made that agreement of whatever lessons that we are here to learn, that we set up the circumstances and the situation and the people that can provide us that, that best opportunity for our soul lesson. So a lot of people wouldn't understand that or they wouldn't agree with that because it's like, why would I choose to be abused or why would I blah, blah, blah. And yet, uh, our egos or personalities are like, no, that's probably not what I would agree to. But it's the soul it, for, for us to understand that our soul, we are soul driven. We're not driven by our egos. I mean, I shouldn't say that way. Um, our soul is really in charge. Our personalities, our ego are part of our third dimensional awareness or consciousness. If we don't choose to be soul driven, then yes, we're living in our third dimension of our mental mind and our consciousness and our ego. But in all reality, we are here to be soul driven. We're here to connect with our soul. We're here to, to, to listen to, again, what I call the still quiet voice of our soul that's guiding our lives. I, I remember when I left the mental health system and became a massage therapist. And then I had this vague feeling that if I, if I didn't uh, uh, leave that, that my soul would shrivel, mm -hmm. that I would be entrapped into uh, a profession or a career that I would not be able to thrive and grow. And so through my life, I have been soul guided and I've listened to my soul, even when I didn't fully understand it or when people judged me because I've been judged for my decisions. Uh, I've never really done anything bad in my life. I just haven't necessarily conformed to a traditional life. My parents were very traditional, lived in a small town, and, you know, they had the same job for 30 years. And, just you know, I've never really followed that traditional path. And yet I have always been soul-driven 
listening to what feeds my soul. So that is the primary reason that we're here. A lot of us don't do it. Uh, oftentimes we are knocked down or we have um, situations where maybe we uh, have gotten sick and we're forced to do something different. Uh, maybe we've lost a child or a spouse or gotten divorced or there was a fire in your home. And so, again, this providing the soul is providing another opportunity for you to grow when you might be resisting to change. So there's a reason for all things. And again, our soul is the guiding force. The soul is really our boss that's guiding our life, not, not our egos that are guiding our life. And then, so are you able to help us understand what our soul contracts might be? That kind of like falls into what our purpose might be. Because if we we if we detoured in life, we may feel like we haven't accomplished anything, or we feel like maybe our life is purposeless. Or so it's kind of. It, would you, are you able to help guide us with understanding our soul karmic agreements and why we're here and what is our purpose? Mm -hmm. Yeah, people contact me and they have those specific questions. They want to understand that in a reading. I'm able to tap into the soul and again, the Akashic records and then give that clarity and guidance as to uh, your soul purpose and your, your soul contracts. So there's past life regression and there's, you talk about past life therapy, which is different. I've done past life regression a few times. Um, can you explain both and explain what you prefer and how you help others? Well, past life regression is a certified hypnotherapist that regresses an individual back into their past life or memories or their, uh, into an altered consciousness where they're able to remember their past lives. So that's through hypnosis, through regression therapy. I've had that done before. Um, it's, it's like watching a movie and you're like an observer and you're seeing the pictures of the person. You might have uh, emotions of it, but you, you see the pictures of um, the scenario of if you're a man or a woman, what you were doing. I remember uh, a couple of past lives where I was uh, uh, regressed and I was able to um, feel a connection to someone that I was uh, crazy in love with as uh, a young girl. And it made some sense that uh, that relationship was uh, elusive because in that previous lifetime, that person came in and out of my life. And this person also came in and out of my life. Uh, in my early 20s. And so it helped me to understand the emotions and the relationship and the connection to this person from that past life. Um, past life therapy, how I use past life therapy as a psychotherapist is through my channeling. So I'm able to access, as I said, the Akashic Records or one of the Ascended Masters, say Archangel Michael will come in and they will bring forth the information from uh, the Akashic Records or from the soul of the individual. And I'm able to uh, telepathically bring that information through my voice in a very um, concise manner, what I call through stream of consciousness, 
helping people understand the storyline and understand soul contracts and um, to understand the big picture of that. So it's, you don't have to be regressed. It's not, when I do it, there's no regression. I'm not a, a certified hypnotherapist. Uh, so this way, um, the person can just listen. And again, um, you don't have to take several sessions. Oftentimes people will go through age regression and have, have several sessions depending on what it is that they're trying to work through this way quickly. Yeah. I've done the the several sessions and I remember um, one session I was a Muslim and another session I was a um, um, Christian, actually a knight, um, part of the crusades. Um, And then, and then I thought, well, if I was a Muslim in one life and a Christian in the other life, and this life I'm a Jew, I started to question, well, which religion, you know, which is the correct religion? Which is the religion I should follow? Um, and then and then I, I, I had all these questions about, like, my religion. And then I wondered, well, if I became a Jew in this lifetime, there must be something that I need to do and follow through as a Jew to help my soul growth. Mm -hmm. So what I realized was that the base of each religion, we're all saying the same thing. We talk about love, love of God, love of people. We talk about compassion, but for some reason I, I became, I was a Jew in this life and there's a mission that I need to accomplish as a Jewish woman in this life. So I so by having multiple past life regression sessions, I kind of came to certain understandings. I also had a session where I was a farmer's wife. It was actually I saw myself as a very quiet, subdued um, wife. And my my um, husband, who is my first husband in this life, um, was the farmer and we didn't get along very well. And I was abused. And then I understood what I needed to do in this lifetime was to stand up and move forward and get divorced in this lifetime. So um, I wasn't sure if if that was I was like seeing this movie as I was laying down there in this hypnotic state of a of a like you had like you had said before of like this movie showing of of me and this wearing these front clothes from maybe a couple hundred years ago, somewhere in the United States. Um, but it was so interesting. And then I woke up, I wasn't sure if, was I creating this in my mind because I was separated from him and attempting to go through a divorce or what, but whatever it was, it gave me the strength and courage to move forward. Mm-hmm. So I was appreciative of doing past life regression therapy. Um, um, and But by going to see you and, and you're able to share what our past lives were and how it influences our life, it's like quick and easy. I don't have to go through. I know. Life. That's what's so great about it. That's what's so great about what I do. It's quick and easy and you don't have to do any work. Right. Um, so that, that part I like, it just cut to the chase. Lee will tell me if I've had this past life. Um, and, and I'm not sure if any of the listeners have had these, but for s- some reason, let's say you travel somewhere and you just 
feels so strange. Like you've been there, but it's such a strange feeling. And I know that I've been underneath the Louvre. And each time I go underneath the Louvre in Paris, mm -hmm. um, there's this whole, they're doing this archaeological exhibit there. My body, it gets filled with chills. And I don't know if maybe there's some spirit down there or maybe I've had a past life somewhere in France around that time. But it's it's so important to pay attention to how you're feeling and um like when you travel or when you go to different places, because it, it just brings up things and you just never know. Mm -hmm. And then you can ask, go to see you, and then you'll be able to share and tell us. That's right. Easy yeah. So um, a lot of people today live with anxiety. They live with trauma. And how does past life therapy help heal, for example, someone dealing with trauma? But when I work with people twofold, when spirit comes in and brings the information about a past life, they'll give the information about the past life and help the person understand you know, the greater picture of it. And then if the person's ready, spirit will come in and actually do a spiritual healing or clearing. So they'll do an energetic clearing of that, of that past life with the imprints or the emotions. Oftentimes, St. Michael, Archangel Michael will come in and... I did one uh, day or two ago and it's like, he's coming in energetically with a syringe and they're just extracting the energy from your soul records and extracting that imprint or that energy from your field. Um, other times they will actually remove that past life from your karmic wheel that, that that story is, in a sense, null and void. That's not affecting you. What happens is people begin to then feel a sense of, um, they might immediately feel a change. They might feel a subtle change over time. Uh, and yet the emotional charge is not there any longer. So that's how it's healed because there's no, uh, no longer an emotional charge or reaction. So we know that we're affected by something if we get triggered emotionally. So the healing takes place where it removes that emotional charge. Again, it's null and void. Very interesting. That's so helpful. I know that you've mentioned that I was thinking about this. You and I, you've said that you and I have had a past life together. Yeah. Well, I know that we were sisters. I don't, I don't know. I can't remember what, what, what past life that we talked about, Karen, necessarily. But I know that we were sisters and so that we've we've come together into this soul agreement to be able to do the work that we've come to do. And this is the work we've, we have our come to do. We've come to do is to talk about spirituality. You are um, a great teacher. You've given me so much insight into this whole new way of thinking and and, and understanding um, life, life after death, reincarnation, past lives. And you've made it quite easy for me to really understand and embrace. Um, I know I'm very skeptical in the beginning. Um, and I just don't take what people say easily. 
Um, I'm still learning and um, there's still so much for me to learn about, but I, I really feel like we, you and I have this bond, this connection, and it, it's strange because, you know, we come from two different backgrounds, two different worlds, um, and yet we have this strong connection. And that's because we're from the same soul family, and that was a part of our soul contract, like we said. We had those soul agreements that we came in to help assist each other, that we'd come at a certain time where you would be ready to be awakened or I was ready to assist. And we talked about this before, where I, when I was going to go meet you, I knew that I was supposed to help the Jewish people. I had some strange feeling inside of me that I was supposed to help the Jewish people. It sounded bizarre at the time to me when I said it. Uh, as you said before, I'm not Jewish. I didn't live in your community, but I was you know, in St. Petersburg, Florida. And I remember that day very clearly in my mind that um, it was really impactful. It's one of those um, memories, just like the day that I was uh, on the psychiatric unit when I, I knew that I had to change professions. And I have these moments where things are really, um, really sealed or con congealed in my mind as pivotal moments in my life. And so that was a pivotal moment where I just stood there thinking, well, I have to do this. That was my soul calling me to do it. And our soul agreement, again, was to meet. And here we are, you know, doing this podcast. You've helped you with your books. You're trying to get your book, book the story into a screenplay. And so, you know, that's the agreement that we made. Um, and I believe that, you know, we've honored it rather nicely. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for coming into my life. Thank you for being on the show today. Um, You're welcome. And um, next week, we will talk about um, another subject in spirituality. And um, any last words you'd like to add before we say goodbye? Well, if the listeners have any interest in past lives, if they'd like to receive a past life reading with me, you can certainly contact me at my website, leechapin.com. It's L-E-A-C-H-A-P-I-N.com. I'd be glad to talk with you, help you to understand your soul agreements, uh, any pre-birth agreements that you've made or any other life challenges that you're struggling with. So thank you again for having me on. And I love this topic. You know, as I said, as a therapist, this this uh, makes so much sense to me. And I love sharing and helping other people understand aspects of their life that they have no other way of totally understanding. So thank you, Ms. Karen. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for helping bring healing to the planet, healing to people and helping us overcome issues of uh in our lives and how it's related to our past lives so thank you so much lee and thank you everyone for joining us today i'll see you next week thursday at three o'clock bye-bye have a great week thanks you too hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.